Good morning. Um, I guess first to start off, I just want to share a little bit about uh, how I got to stand right here. Um, this isn't something I've ever said yes to before. Um, I, uh, starting early January, I was praying for leadership or opportunities for leadership, and I don't think I quite knew what I was praying for um, exactly, what I wanted in that. Um, but maybe a month ago, uh, Pete sent me an email asking if I would do devotion. I sat there staring at it. And uh, <laughs> I think my head was screaming no, but I also realized the Lord had answered my prayer. And uh, so I'm just happy to be here this morning. Um, so I'll do my best. <laughs> um, kind of looked at several different topics. Um, first thing I came across was Romans 12. Read through it and uh, got a little bit nervous about it. I uh, it kind of convicted me of several things and wondered if I should even talk about it. Um, so I tried to look for easier topics. Maybe I kept coming back to it and finally decided that um, this is what I believe and this is how I want to live, how I have been living, and uh, just want to talk about it a little bit. Uh, Romans 12. I kind of see it as a beautiful overview of what Christianity should look like. Um, Christianity, it's, it's our entire worldview. It's how we see and process everything in our daily lives. It's how we see God. It's how we see ourselves and it's how we see others. Um, are we applying what we believe to our everyday actions or thoughts? Are we submitting our will to God? Am I submitting my will to God? Um, Romans 12 can kind of be broken up into three different parts I'm seeing. Um, kind of the first part is how we view or present ourselves to God, uh, verse, verses 1 and 2. Uh, second part, verse 3, or sorry, yeah, verse 3, uh, how we see ourselves. And then the rest of the chapter is kind of how we see or act towards others, uh, both, both uh, believers and non-believers. And I'm kind of seeing three key ingredients here um, for genuine Christianity. Holiness, humility, and service. And I, those can't really be separated. Um, if there's someone that's holy in the world sense of holy, they go to church, um, but they're not humble, it's obnoxious, really. Um, if there's someone that's humble and is not serving, it's cute, but not helpful. Um, if there's someone that's serving, but, but not holy, it's essentially working for the glory of self and it's confusing to a culture that doesn't understand the gospel as something more than just working for an afterlife. Um, first ingredient I want to talk about is holiness. Um, verses 1 and 2, I'm going to go ahead and read those. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that we, ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. <clears throat> um, do we see God's mercy? The plan of salvation, the core message of gospel, I see, I see that as mercy. We have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and, we, and he will judge us. Ecclesiastes 3.17 says, God will judge both the righteous and the wicked. Yet, he has sent his only son to die for us. 
so that he could still be just, because God is always just. He will judge our sins, but while not taking us out. It's the, it's the purest form of mercy, and genuine Christianity needs to be motivated by that core. We need to be motivated by that core. This has been lost on so many. Uh, they think that Christians read their Bible and go to church because we hope to gain mercy from a God someday. But what we know as believers is that we have already obtained it, not by our own righteousness, but by God's. Uh, when someone, when I have found God's mercy, or seen God for who He really is, it's going to change our life. It's going to change. It's going to produce holiness. Um, <laughs> holiness is such a broad topic, and we've heard so much about it this week. Um, and I didn't really want to try to boil it down, but just kind of how I see holiness. Um, holiness is seeing and accepting God's mercy and being devoted to the service of God or changing from what we once were and looking more like Jesus or being filled with the Holy Spirit. We've learned so much about that. We will want to worship, praise, and serve Him with all of our hearts, but, but we tend, I tend to separate worship from obedience or service. Um, but they're inseparable. We worship God, but we must also serve God in our everyday life and be a living sacrifice whether it's at work, school, mission field, doesn't matter. Uh, our lives need to be our worship as well. <coughs> Being a living sacrifice is giving up our selfish will for God's. Just going to church, Bible study, listening to the message, and then going out into the world unchanged is so confusing to the world. We need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds and not conforming as soon as we step out into the world. C.S. Lewis a uh, quote from C.S. Lewis said, uh, Will is intelligence in action, or our thoughts in action. We must learn his word. We must gain knowledge. But we must also apply it. We must also allow it to change our life. If they see our so-called holiness in our lives because we go to church or have Bible studies, which are important, we need those, this Bible school. Um, but if, we, if they don't see our humility or service, they don't see a renewed, renewed mind. We need to make sure we continue our reasonable service every day by genuinely worshiping Jesus, by seeking Him in all of our thoughts, in all of our deeds, in all of our dreams and decisions. Second ingredient I see here in verse 3 is humility, or how we see ourselves. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. Paul is saying here that we all struggle with pride. Pride is a problem, and we all have it. I know I have it. Um, whether it's because of our success, our looks, our newest toys, our achievements, whatever the excuse for pride is, um, all, things can, all kinds of things can feed our pride. And, and all pride is bad, but what I want to talk about today a little bit is re religious pride. And I see that kind of as the worst kind of pride because it affects others so much. Unbelievers are skeptics. That is their biggest doubt. Religious pride can cause us to look down on others, treat others worse than before, cause us to judge people, make us feel better than everybody. Um, Leslie mentioned the, the Pharisee and the tax collector, or the publican, um, yesterday, I believe. Um, and you all know that story. I'm not going to read the whole thing. But uh, just the, the Sunday, Sunday school teacher that uh, thanked God for that we're, we're not like the Pharisee. 
And uh, we need to make sure we don't do that. I know I've done that in the past, um, looking down at others. Um, but we need to understand that I would not be where I am in life if it weren't for God's blessings. Understand that we are blessed and not due to any of our own abilities, but by God's. Genuine Christianity is humble and denies that pride and walks in humility, and it will cause us to love people more, not less. Humility has a huge effect on our actions. Third ingredient I want to talk about, service. Um, Christianity is meant to have an impact on the world, and that's through our service. Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Genuine Christianity calls us to service. I see service as using the gifts that God has given us. There are some uh, gifts listed here in the chapter. I'm not going to go through all of them for time's sake. Um, But I think we've been taught this well. We all know that we've been given gifts. If, we, if we've accepted the Holy Spirit, I uh, I don't know exactly what my gift is yet, but I'm determined to find it. I just know whatever it is, God will show it to me, and yours as well in His time. If you're in that same place, I think if this next verse is applied in our life, then all of these things that I've talked about have to be real in our life. Uh, verse nine says, "Let love be without dissimulation." Abhor that which is evil, cleave to that which is good. Or another translation, love must be without hypocrisy. Abhor what is evil and cling to what is good. If we truly love God, if we truly see God for what he is, if we see him as the all-powerful, almighty, all-merciful God that sent his only son to drink that cup that we heard about, that black cup, then we must be humble. We have no choice. When you compare us to that, we are humbled. And if we are humbled, then we will love to serve others. It doesn't matter if it's the kid on the corner or the pompous Pharisee. It doesn't matter how we want to see people. It matters how God sees people. And he loves everyone unconditionally, and that is how Christianity needs to work. I guess that's all I have to say. Um, I guess I'll go ahead and pray. And if someone has a song they want to sing after, feel free. Heavenly Father, we come to you humbled before the many teachings we've heard this week, Lord. The picture of you and your son that has been painted before us. Lord, you are merciful, and we thank you. We praise you. Um, Lord, just just bless this day. Bless the people here. Uh, Especially bless us as we go out later today to, to live our Christianity. Not just to learn knowledge here, but to apply it. Use it as wisdom. Lord, Bless the food that's before us, that we may use it to its intended purpose, to glorify you. In Jesus' name, amen.